What's up, everyone? It's Cam, and welcome to another episode of Confessions of a College Grad. As a recent college grad, I've had a lot of conversations with my friends about navigating this time, so I figured, why not bring these conversations to the world while also showcasing some of my amazing friends? So today, I have one of these great people that I know, (laughs) Mel Borja. How are you, Mel? I'm good, Cam. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, no, no, no. I'm so, I am so excited that you're able to be here. Um, I think that just in planning everything and playing out how I wanted like different episodes to go, I had like a running list of different things and it was pretty cool because um, I actually remember when um, I posted, I posted something on Twitter and you had commented or you had DM'd me about, um, you know, congratulating me and then you were just saying how like you started um this page and you were like really like into like financial things or like figuring it out not necessarily saying you were like really into it but at least really into like figuring stuff out and planning and and I just thought that was so cool because there was a whole bunch of things that I had just like not to know and so I I went to the page and I was like wow like like Mel is really you know like really into this and really um you know, really passionate about delivering this information. So I just thought that, wow, you know, who is better to talk about financial literacy um, than you, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that makes me really happy. And again, congratulations again on, I don't know if you, can I say it? Can I say what I congratulated you on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. You paid off your credit card debt, which is huge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, snaps. Um, but yeah, so um, thanks again uh, for reaching out about that. I, um, And it was good, too, because um, I just got done, um, You and you already know this, but I just um, finished up studying for the LSAT, like really, really hardcore, basically. And so um, I wanted to get back into um, posting on that account anyway. So um, this was a really, really great way to really to do that. Uh, so yeah, this is just this worked out really well, basically. Yeah. And so, okay, so usually what I do is um, I just have like a, a weird like icebreaker question or something to like ask my guests. But I just thought it was really cool because um, I'm just genuinely interested in just your um you know, your path to, you know, getting really interested in this. Um, because I feel like some people are just like, oh, you know, like a bu- budget and <laughs> we, you know, we think we're, you know, like we think not necessarily professionals, but we think we got it down pat. But like I said, like you're like, I feel like you, you know, I, I've, I've seen your page and I've like seen like all like the, you, you've compiled, you've compiled a lot of information. And so I just like wonder like what, you know, led you to like on this journey. Yeah, so I think um, I think I spent a lot of time like before this recording trying to figure out how to how to explain my relationship with money and finances and stuff um, in a way that captures the complexity of it that's necessary to understand it, um, and also in a way that's not going to take up the thirty five minutes of this podcast, right? So like I um so I think the really good way to to think about it or to center it is um, basically my relationship with money is really defined um, or, and up until very recently in my life has been defined by the 2008 financial crisis. Um, And um, I basically like 
that that crisis, um, my family was really impacted by um, that crisis, and essentially it wiped out um, everything that that my family was working toward. Um, so I grew up with, and I can go more into that if you're interested or anything, but um, I basically grew up in a household that had comparatively like a, quite a high income um, compared to like people generally, but was very um, debt burdened um, and uh. very, very like financial instability. Like the, the tentacles of 2008 permeated my life in ways that I am like, you know, I'm still kind of unraveling. Right. So um, it gave me a very anxious relationship with money. Um, and um, it made me feel like no matter how much money I'm going to make in my life, like, you know, I need to avoid debt at all costs, like all debt is bad. Um, and um, I need to hoard basically as much money as possible. Um, and, you know, when I when I graduated from um, UVA with my, I got a job like four days before we graduated in 2019. And, um, and I, and I am a federal employee. I'm a congressional staffer and um, a rich in the Richmond regional office um, for one of the Virginia senators. And so, um, you know, it, it, I started working and, you know, I was like, Oh, like I know how to save um, because I've been doing it. Um, and, you know, scrapping by and stuff like for my entire conscious life. And then, you know, a couple months into um, working and and stuff, I was looking at kind of where I was financially and like it hadn't improved at all. And I was like, what is going on? And so um, and so I realized I had basically been ex exercising one muscle of my brain, like the an the anxious like part of my brain around money for so long that like, and I, all of a sudden I had been exercising this muscle for so long. And then I was suddenly being tested on a completely different muscles that I didn't even realize existed. And I was failing every single one of those tests. And so basically I just didn't know how to like, that, that entire, the having a relationship with money that is so focused on all, everything about money that like makes you anxious and then all of a sudden, like having like your own income and stuff, like there's a lot of unlearning that has to be done. And so I did, I did a lot of that work, a lot of that internal work and it took a while, but, um, but then I realized I was like, oh, like I need to learn how to manage this thing. Right. And, um, and it, and that was the real, that really turned everything around, I think for me and, and brought me a lot of joy. Right. And I say that like, um, you know, in, and like, you know, obviously like what, what I'm managing now is not what I'm going to be managing at like 65 years old. Right. Like, it's just something that like, yeah, it just gave me even in this very like beginning stage of like my career, like a lot of joy and a lot of peace um, in an area that was very, very anxious for me. Um, and I'm of course happy to go into more detail of like, you know, what I mean by like debt burdened or like, you know, what that anxiety, how that manifests, things like that. But that's basically that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that story. I know that, you know, we are, we are shaped by our experiences. Right. <laughs> and I think for me, like it definitely, what you were saying really resonated with me because um, just that sense of feeling like you should be, I guess you feel like you should be secure or like things should be okay. And then it's like out of nowhere, like a situation can happen and like 
life has changed, right? And I just feel like for, um, and like I said, it resonated with me a lot because, you know, I definitely have always been very conscious of um, the fact that, so like my mom, so my mother, my mother's a teacher, Mm -hmm. um, has been a teacher for um, many years. (laughs) Um, And, you know, she was able to, like, she, you know, got her bachelor's degree. So she went and got a bachelor's degree. She has a master's degree um, in education, you know, be a teacher and everything like that. Um, My grandparents, um, they didn't go to college themselves, but they were able to like secure jobs um, and send my mother to a school that was like affordable enough for them to pay mm-hmm. for it, you know, so she didn't have to worry about like loan, like student loans or anything like that. Um, and it's just is so interesting when I think about that. Like I think about, you know, that whole um, situation, how that played out versus like how life mm-hmm. <laughs> happened. You know, because it's just like me growing up, it was just like, okay, you know, we are always kind of like pinching pennies, right? And like, we're really trying to, you know, there were just some days where, you know, it was, it was very apparent, you know, our financial situation and very apparent that, you know, like some days we were just struggling, right? And, um, and it just was me just thinking to myself, like, wow, like, what is it? Like, why is it like this? You know what I mean? Like my mother, you know, there's, I know there's, definitely um barriers to you know people who are like first generation college students or you know like they're you know their parents weren't able to go to college their parents weren't able to be exposed to these different things and I just was like wow like I had a situation where you know my mother was able to you know do the she was able to go to college she was able to get an advanced degree things like that and like life still was able to hit her (laughs) in a way that is you know it's just still impacting right it just like really shaped my view um, also of money. Cause it just was kind of like, look, when I was, you know, when I was getting ready to go to college, I was like, I have to make sure that I do whatever possible to get as much money so that I, cause, because I knew that my mom wouldn't be able to, um, like put forth money to like me going to college. Right. Like I had a, my sister's a year behind me. Um, so both of us, you know, we, we overlapped in college at the same time. And so it just was like, I just knew that wasn't going to be a situation that I'd be able to, or she would be able to assist me with. So I was just like, I needed to figure it out. Um, And so, you know, fortunate enough, I was able to, you know, figure like get scholarships to like cover tuition and everything like that. But it was also still, even with that, you know, it wasn't, you know, there's other expenses that go Mm -hmm. into it. Right. And so it was just hard for me because it was like, I couldn't, you know, call home and like ask my mom for like <laughs> four things. Like I remember my fourth year, um, it was like long story short, it was like fourth year, it was like a month before graduation. Like I had at one point I had like two jobs and like at that point I just like didn't like both of the jobs like just didn't they were just not working out. Um and so I just didn't have any jobs. Like I had to pay for things. Like it just was crazy. <laughs> and I called my mom and I was like crying. And she just was like, you know, like, why didn't you tell me? And I just was like, you know, I just try to figure it out. She was like, she was, I was like, I always figure it out. And she just was like, yeah, you know, like that's, that's the reason why, you know, I wanted you, like, I was hoping that you would call me, you know, cause I know you always figure it out, but like you never had to, you know, it just was like yeah. a lot. So I don't want to go on like a tangent, but it was definitely just like that, like thing of like, 
your experiences with your family and how that like, you know, looking forward, I just was kind of like, okay, I never want to be in that situation again. You know, like I see how, you know, my family has been like strained by money. And so it's just trying to figure out like, how can I make, you know, um, I won't say better decisions because, you know, anything can happen, but how can I make decisions so that if something does happen, I'll be secure. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because I think there's a lot of that actually parallels a lot of my own like um, family's experience. So like um, in summary, like uh, my dad, um, he immigrated here from Ecuador um, and he um, and my mom, she was actually born in Brooklyn, um, but she was raised um, from a very young age to like her uh, like her early 20s um, in Puerto Rico on the island. And so um and um, to, she's, she was born in Brooklyn to a Puerto Rican family and they went back um, to the island and that's why she was raised over there. And um, she, so they, um, they by all accounts in like the quote unquote, like American dream, like that narrative or whatever, um, did, they did everything mm-hmm. right. Right. Like they did everything right. Like my mom, she didn't finish school, but she like worked as a medical receptionist. Um, and then my dad, um, he like worked when he came to you know you know New York City. He was working at a gas station, um, and going to school locally, um, and learned English. Like at some point, like became a citizen. Um, you know, graduated with a degree in engineering. He actually wanted to be a doctor, but the advisor was like, "You're never going to learn English well enough, so you should do engineering instead." And um, but uh, he did learn English. Um, so there's that. And so um, the. So anyways, um, and then him and my mom, like they, you know, they live together and, and I think I'm always like learning my family kind of just drops like little bits of their story, like throughout, like over the years, like there's never like a big sit down, like this is our story as a family. And so like just the other day I was talking to my mom and realized like, you know, I always knew that they were quite poor during that time, but, um, like, you know, they lived in like affordable housing, like in Brooklyn and stuff. And so, um, they went from there to like, my dad got a government job, for the post office and later DOD, like in Northern Virginia. So they moved to Fairfax, Virginia and got a job. And, you know, they, um, they bought a house there. Um, when I was born, my dad started also working in the evening to like, as a, as a professor at ECPI university. And then also on the weekends, sometimes at ITT tech. And, um, and, you know, my mom just took care of me and my sisters, um, all the time. And, um, and like, you know, and, and they did everything right, you know, like that was like, they had pulled themselves up or whatever you want to call it. And, um, and then they bought a house in 2006, um, in the southern, more southern part of Northern Virginia, Fauquier County. And, um, I don't, you, like, everyone can see where this is going, but 2006 was a really bad time to buy a house. And, um, you know, a 2008 happened and, um, I was like eight years old, I think, um, eight or 10 years old, somewhere around that. And, um, you know, it, it, it just wiped out like all of the savings, right. All of my college, uh, like everything for college, um, savings generally. Right. And then like, we were in this situation where like my entire like childhood and my teenage, like formative years were marked by this, um, this feeling of like, yeah, like we have a roof over our heads and outwardly we look totally fine. Right. Um, but we have to like, you know, next week, like we have to wait to buy this at the grocery store because dad doesn't get paid until next week. Right. Like, or we have to, like, I was in a basketball, I remember like basketball practice. Like I was my, my mom interrupted my basketball practice one time at school and pulled me aside 
off the court and stuff and was like, do you have like a thousand dollars so we can, you know, make the mortgage this month um, and stuff. And just like that instability um, really formed my relationship with money. And so um, when I got into UVA, I like got accepted and I knew I would be accepted because I fit like the literal profile that I Googled. Um, And, um, and I was like, you know, my parents, like, they, they didn't help me that much through the college process because it was just so like different from anything my parents had been through. And so, um, and so I Googled like, you know, best school in Virginia and UVA came up and I was like, okay, I'll go there. And I applied and I got in. And so, um, but the day I, the day I got in, I didn't really celebrate because I, all I could see was like, oh my God, I'm going to be saddled with debt. Right. Which is a lot for like an 18 year old to like, think about, but like, um, but I was like, Mm -hmm. all I see is the debt. And so, um, and then it wasn't until I got a scholarship, a full tuition scholarship um, that was, um, I got a letter in the mail randomly and it was the University Achievement Award at UVA. And that really, that's when I had my moment of like, of jumping up and down and crying and like being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do, I'm going to go to school, like blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm so excited. And then I get to UVA and it turns out there's more than just tuition and fees. Right. And so like, and then there's like the yeah. housing, <laughs> that's you know, there's, there's housing right. and, um, food and books and you know I basically in my entire time in undergrad some of my friends in undergrad knew more about this than others and stuff but like you know it was very much like a patchwork system where like you know I was like okay tuition's taken care of thank god but like you know I need to either take out loans or um you know scrape by like um groceries and stuff or like you know working and um like just a bunch of other things like um, you know, there's no reason why, like, we should have been like, like, why I should have like been able been like, oh, there's a student event happening, like at this time, there'll be pizza there. And I'll just grab a bunch of that and take it home. Like, there's no reason why that should have been happening. But it was happening. Right. And so, um, and so, um, you know, then I graduated. And I graduated with 16,000, about $16,000 in student debt, which is comparatively like less than half of like the average student debt in the United States. So like, there's a lot of like privilege there, obviously. Um, But, you know, there was, I I got a job and um, that paid initially $38,000 a year. And, you know, I moved to Richmond, Virginia, and um, I've been unlearning that relationship ever since, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for it in some ways where like I never had credit card debt, for example, because I was absolutely completely terrified of debt. And um, and to the point where like I I accidentally like was paying off my credit card like a month in advance or something like it was just a really insane thing. But like um, (laughs) but, you know, it's you can't you can make a lot of money and mismanage your way or something can happen to you, which is like exactly what happened to like my family and stuff. So. So yeah, anyways, I'm just, there's a lot of parallels and, um, and I think it's just really important that like we understand, that we understand like how important managing money in addition to, and understanding things like debt in addition to just like the literal money that you're making is like, um, we need to just have a better conversation about that in, in the United States generally. Um, so yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with that. And I think that I don't know, just thinking about, you know, you've graduated, you're in, you know, quote unquote, the real world, and you're trying to figure out, you know, you're trying to navigate these things. Um, I think what my, what my thing was, you know, just trying to figure out, okay, so now I need to, like, I'm getting money, like I'm working, you know, I'm working, I have a job. Um, 
I also have bills now, right? Like I have more bills than I probably had in undergrad, <laughs> you know, just like trying to figure out those different things, um, just different expenses and stuff. Um, and so I guess my question to you would be, um, what are some, what have been some good, I guess, like budgeting, like tips or techniques or like, or that are just, you know, pretty basic that you feel like, you know, people could, you know, try to incorporate um, into their, you know, yeah, daily so, lives. Um, I think like uh, the first thing I would do in terms of budgeting was um, is, is I I would check in with yourself. Right. So I would, I would really, and the reason I think it was so important that we just talked about like our own respective relationships to money is because that's the kind of conversation that I like want everyone listening to this to have with themselves or like with a loved one or something like that. Because like, um, you need to figure out like, are you like money anxious, which is what I would really characterize myself to be um or, or what I used to be and um or are you like money avoidant right which is like where you spend money but like and you just don't look at it like you don't like think about how much you're spending and you don't like to look at your 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 transactions and stuff um and things like that or is your relationship with money pretty healthy right and then on top of that like what are your goals like do you um, are you the kind of person like you don't plan to go back to school so you like really focus do you want to buy a house or do you want to rent like, you know, for a certain period of time and then buy a house, um, that type of stuff. Do you want to have a dog? Right. Like just like these, these, what, what are your, do you want to get married one day? Like those types of things. And then, um, after that, the second, I think really important, st and I would write all of this down. Like I wouldn't like, just like think about this and then like, forget about it. I would write it down. And, um, then after that I would, um, track, all of your accounts. And what I mean by that is I mean like literally everything. Like, so, so I use an app. Um, I use mint. Um, there's also like, you need a budget and like other, other, um, like apps that do this for you. Uh, because I absolutely hate spreadsheets. And so, um, but you can also use a spreadsheet and I know a lot of people do that. You can also do journal journaling if that works for you, but you need to track all of your accounts. You need to track all the transactions into each of those accounts. So like um, I even have like my Venmo hooked up to Mint um, because I need to track, you know, like what is in my Venmo, like who read of me at what time, that type of stuff. And hmm. so um, and um, but your accounts are like your checking, your say any all of your checking, all of your savings, your Venmo or Cash App or whatever, your retirement um, a lot of people like don't know how much they have in retirement. So like, that's a really good way to check. Um, and yeah. And then I would track for like a month to three months and just don't even try to change anything. Don't, don't try to change anything about what you're doing. Just like, just so you can have a sense of like, where, what is your spending categories? Like, where are you, what do you spend a lot on? Right. And, um, and then from there, I would be realistic about how much you can change, right? Like if your rent is $800 a month, your rent is not suddenly going to be $600 a month, right? So like you have to be realistic that like 800, you're out $800 a month every month, right? Um, and if you live in like a city where like you have to, but you, that just has really bad public transportation and like you need to have a car, like the likelihood you're not going to have car expenses is like very low, Right. And so, um, so like as a, on the other side, if you only use public transportation, um, like it's, it's pretty fair to like, to like make a really low car budget. Right. So, um, 
And then, you know, I would practice, um, which you're not going to get it right the first time. And every month you just look at it and you like figure out like, where can I do better? And like, I think there's a lot of like, I, I, I've, I've become less, much less hard on myself. Like, you know, since, um, since like undergrad and like, uh, like graduating and stuff like that. And you just need, you just need to forgive yourself and just view it as kind of like a practice, like a habit that you're just doing as opposed to like something where like, I need to achieve, I need to achieve perfection. And then if I don't do it this month, like I'm going to throw this all out the window. It's kind of like, it's sort of like having like a healthy lifestyle, right? Where it's just like, if you don't do well, like one week or something in terms of like healthy habits, you don't just like, you shouldn't just throw everything out the window as tempting as that is. Right. So, um, and then, um, I would ask for help and support from like your friends and your loved ones and just being like, Hey, you know, I can't go to this event, you know, it's COVID. So like, you know, this is, this was pre COVID or whatever. Um, but like, you know, I can't buy like this, this really expensive gift for like my sibling, but I can get something smaller, right? Because I'm trying to save money, or like that type of stuff, and just ask them to respect those boundaries. And then I would just keep going, like I would just keep doing it. Um, and eventually, you'll figure out like what rhythm works for you. And, um, and then it suddenly becomes like a lot easier, because it's just a habit that you have. So so yeah, I, I you know I I think that covers basically everything like budgeting best practices um, that I would say. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of good points, especially the one about just tracking what you're spending first, because I think that I know for me, and I feel like it's for a lot of people, you know, and just like I got to be on a budget, but it's like you don't really have a good understanding and grasp of. Um, because I know for me, you know, I'll go fast food and I'm just like, okay, like I want to spend less money on fast food, but I don't even know how much money I am spending to know if once I make this budget, I'm going to be spending less money, you know, or like where I can cut it. So I think that is definitely, um, you know, all those steps. I think that's really great. It's actually pretty funny. Um, as you were talking, I got, <laughs> I downloaded Mint because I saw that, you know, on your page, you used it. And um, I just got notification just as you were talking. So that was like pretty funny. But I guess like my my next question to you would be, you know, we talked about like money and budgeting and things like that. Right. But then it's also just like the it doesn't it doesn't end with, you know, mm -hmm. what's in my bank account. Right. Like it's definitely like it's like so many different factors. And so for me last year, the reason why I got really into um figuring out my finances and stuff was last year. Um, I, my bank sends me every month with my, like, cause of my credit card, they send me every month, tell me that my like FICO credit score has been updated. Right. So I just look at it, you know, I was looking at it doing whatever. Um, and it was like March. It was like right when, you know, the pandemic first started, it like substantially lowered <laughs> like a hundred points. And I was like, what's going on? Um, come to find out there was some like mishap with the hospital bill and they never sent it to me, but they like put it on my credit as delinquent and it just was like a whole thing. So I had to like pull my credit reports and like figure it out and call a whole bunch of people and do all these things. Um, and so that's why I've just been really like invested in like trying to figure out like, you know, make sure maintain my credit and all these things. Um, but all that being said, like credit mm -hmm. is a really big thing, right? And it's like when you you know, when you're, when you're off into the world, it's like, you need credit to do something. Right. But I feel like a lot of times you get like people get denied because they don't have enough credit. <laughs> and then it's like, well, how do I, you know, where do I even start with that? So do you have any yeah, so, you know, tips um, on that? 
So I think in terms of credit scores, um, your credit score really, really matters. And I think that just like understanding as a, understanding as a, how do I put this? So basically a lot of people don't know that your landlord, if you're renting, like can check your credit score um, for like whether or not they're going to accept you like you as a tenant. Right. And um, it also impacts like what credit cards you like you're going to qualify for. And then later down the line, this impacts um, like whether like what kind of mortgage rates you get or, or different things like that. So I think just like, understanding that credit is not just like this like arbitrary number that just kind of exists and only matters until when you're buying a house right like it has like very real implications um Mm -hmm. for you um right even during college but also like right after college as well um so i think just like you know understanding that first because i think that that's the kind of thing that that importance is what is going to like push you to um like you know keep up the good habits that you're learning and stuff like that. Um, so the other thing, so, so for just generally managing credit, like obviously like pay your credit card, um, you know, on time. Um, and like, you should like, do not give credit card companies like the satisfaction of taking a single cent from you. You know what I mean? And so, um, and so that's, and that's like something that is, um, just generally, whether or not you have existing credit card debt or not, um, to, to just keep in mind. Um, and so for example, like me, like I pay, I pay off my credit card, like every month, um, like the entire balance. So my balance is like, is like close to $0. Um, and then I just pay like once the state, my actual statements like close to $0, even though I paid like, you know, hundreds of dollars of stuff, like on that credit card, um, and stuff, uh, throughout the month. And so, um, and then if you have existing credit card debt, so that, so I've, I've been helping some people like on the side um, with like just money coaching stuff and things like that. And one, one friend of mine, she had credit card debt that she was, she was just letting sit there, you know? And like, um, she was like aware of it, but like, she was just letting it sit there. And um, that's kind of like, yeah. And like a, but a lot of people do that. A lot of people, because like, it's, it, it's like, again, kind of that understanding of the importance of a credit score and stuff like that. And, um, and so it, it is high interest debt, right? So it is like the, the interest rate on a credit card debt and the interest rate on a student loan are typically nowhere near the same. And so like, you need to treat it kind of as like the emergency that it is. And, um, and you can do this by, if you have multiple credit cards, like you can pay off either the smallest one first and work your way up to the big one, which is called like the snowball method, or you can do like an avalanche method, which is like you pay off the biggest one. Um, and then you take the payments from that and start to apply them to your like lower to, to your smaller loans. Um, and so, um, that is, and that goes, that's a credit, that's a debt payoff strategy that works for lots of kinds of debt, but basically like the credit card debt is like, quite urgent um it like really does impact because also the interest that you're getting like you have to keep paying like this interest and stuff like um and you know this and and mm-hmm. stuff so i'm not mm-hmm. telling you anything that you you don't already know and that's why i dm'd you about congratulations because it's hard right like it's because that interest rate is so high that it's like really messing with you so <laughs> so anyways um those are like the two snowball and avalanche i think are 
two important debt payoff strategies to understand. But I think also just understanding that credit card debt is a fundamentally different kind of debt. And you don't want to be giving credit card companies the satisfaction of, um, of like giving them any interest. Um, and then once you have a good credit credit card, like once you have a good credit score, you can get like better credit cards and then reap a lot of rewards like off of them, um, which is like, you know, really great. So, so yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so, so you mentioned, we mentioned it a little bit earlier um, and you also mentioned it again. So I wanted to definitely make sure that we revisit it. <laughs> um, and it's definitely been a, a big topic of discussion um, amongst a lot of people. <laughs> it's been student loans. Um, and so I feel like, I, I feel like I've learned so much just about like the student loan debt crisis um, just in the past few months that like, I think that I read some statistic that it was talking about like, you know, majority of student loan debt are held by people who don't even have, like weren't even able to finish their degrees, right? So they don't even have degrees, but they just have a whole bunch of debt. So it's just holding them back from doing all these different things. And, you know, like sometimes, you know, politicians are like, yeah, you know, like, let's get rid of that. Sometimes they're like, okay, well, like we need, we need to table that, you know? So I guess just in general, my questions is what are some, what are some ways to kind of, I guess, navigate the whole like, with student loans and just kind of maybe some techniques or just kind of some thought processes or ways of thinking to think about it because some people have just like a lot like it's just crazy how much it is and just looking at that number it's like even if you forgive ten thousand dollars of my loan that's not going to do anything (laughs) so Um, so i think um first of all i think we need like it's weird because i feel like talking about student loans is like super normalized but having student loans is not as normalized, mm. if that makes sense. Like, I think it feels sometimes like people are like, you know, like talk about the student debt crisis. But like, as soon as you ask people, like, how much are you paying every month? Like, that's all of a sudden like a weird conversation. Right. So I just want to like really like normalize. Like there are people I've had people on the Instagram account that we've talked about, um, they've like messaged me that they're paying like 900 or $1,200 in like a, a month in, in student loans. Right. And, um, that's like that obviously like some of them are like, you know, they went to law school or some other form of grad school. And so like, they're, they're going to be able to pay that off, um, into, um, in a reasonable amount of time because uh, of their incomes. But like, there are other people who like, that's not the case for them. Right. So, um, so I just wanted to really normalize, like, you know, if you're making any kinds of student loan payments, um, that's super normal. And you're are, you, it's actually quite common and you're in the majority, like in the country. And so anyways, um, the for student loans generally, like, um, so you have like a six month. So when you're it actually I started paying interest on my student because mine were unsubsidized, which for everyone who who needs like that background information, basically like there are subsidized loans where like you don't, like it doesn't accumulate interest um, like while you're an undergrad. And then um, there's unsubsidized loans where it does accumulate interest while you're an undergrad. And there's also like like public, um, like federal student loans and then private student loans. And so my own student loans, they were, they were unsubsidized and federal. So um, so they would, they were getting interest while I was an undergrad. And so I would actually pay them, um, every, like when I was working as a student, I would actually pay my student loan interest pretty regularly. 
because um, I didn't want it to like impact me later. And so, um, and I would pay off some of the student loan stuff, the student loan um, principal when I was in school. And when I say pay off some of it, I mean like I threw like $25 to it, right? So like, so it was not like I was paying off the whole loan or anything, but um, if you've already graduated, you have a six month like grace period. Um, and that's designed for like people who need to find a job like in the six months after they graduate. If you have a job, don't wait until the grace period is over to start paying on your loans. Um, and so to start making that payment now, and if you, and we, if you can ever make above the minimum payment, like you should do that. And, um, so for example, like my student loans, um, since they're federal, the interest rate is lower than a private, than private loans. Um, my minimum payment, um, every month, um, before COVID was 150, um, around 150. And then now with, um, after COVID it's like 130. Um, and so, um, because now the interest rates are zero. Um, and so I was paying Mm -hmm. initially I budgeted, I budgeted for like a $400 student loan payment. And then when I was like in, while I was working, like I discovered that my employer, um, and three months into my job, I discovered my employer offers a student loan benefit. And so now what I do is I pay the minimum and then I let the student loan benefit take care of the rest of that. So that's like, um, and so I'll get into the numbers in a second, but the other way I recommend people like tackle student loans is if you can, is like looking to your employer for assistance or it's, it'll, there's, there are student loan assistance programs like the public student loan forgiveness program that everybody knows about, but there's actually other kinds like based on your state. Um, you can find programs, um, again, like your employer, or even some local stuff, um, depending on what like area you live in. And so like, for example, if you're a teacher, like if you teach in a like low income or like really high need area, um, I know Virginia at least like provides some like financial assistance for like your student loan repayment. And so like, just like things like that, like there are other options outside of just like the cash in your own pocket. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like, I, I really think like, and if you have to take the full term to pay off your student loans, like that's okay. I, it's just like, if you have any wiggle room to like pay more to your student loans, like you should do that. Um, so yeah, it's just been, mm-hmm. but, I'm, but I'm also very open with people that like, without like my student loan payment, like assistance program through my job, like I wouldn't, I had budgeted because I make like 40 one now i make like forty one thousand dollars no i make about forty one thousand i make four thousand forty thousand seven hundred um a year and so um it's an added five hundred dollars a month to my um to my student loan payment and so um so my my student loan payment instead of being 130 is actually like 630 um and so but and so that's been like that's been amazing but also if i had made if i made 50, if i made like $48,000 a year i could still make that payment myself you know what i mean so like it's just like it's an extra $6,000 um that mm-hmm. like goes towards my loans but if i was making like $48,000 i would have been able to budget for that anyway right so like so like it, it right. matters obviously what income you make, but like um, basically at, at whatever income that you're at, like look for like all of those different ways and then um, put more towards the payment when you can. Um, so, yeah. Hmm, that's yeah, that's definitely really cool. Cause I feel like yeah, a lot of 
also, also feel like a lot of financial things, you know, I've been learning. I'm learning that it's not as, I won't say hidden. I'm, I'm learning things are there, but yeah. like you have to look for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you have, to, you have to look for um, these things instead of it being like brought to you. But once you find it, it's like, wow, like this, th- this is great. <laughs> you know, like this is it's easy to do. You know, all I have to do is fill out this paper, like do something. Um, and so, yeah, no, that's definitely, I think that, like I said, I feel like a lot of talk has just been on student loans and trying to figure those out and like, so you and I both graduated from UVA, right? Like, so we have a lot of our friends and mm-hmm. a lot of the narrative that's given to us is like, when you graduate, you should go to like a big, like shiny city and you should live a certain lifestyle, right? Like, right. um, so like a lot of, um, grads from UVA go to like DC. They also go to New York. They go to like California, they go to like San Francisco, um, and like Austin, Texas, like things like that. Um, but the thing that, you know, if you're struggling with student loans after, after undergrad, like you don't have to necessarily buy into that narrative and like financially it's at your detriment. If you do buy into that narrative a lot of the time, because like you can cost of living will change your life. Right. Like, and it can change it for the better or worse. Like what, so I live in Mm -hmm. Richmond, which is like a smaller city and it's like, comparatively very affordable um to like even northern virginia anywhere in northern virginia and so um and so like um so if you have to do something like that where you have to take a job in like a lower like a city that has a lower cost of living or you um you have to live with your parents for a year or two or even three you if you have to live with your parents at all basically um that is a really smart way to like address um, your student loans or any debt or any financial situation that you have, right? Like even if you don't have any debt, you can just still be saving money and stuff. And um, and I think like, I really wanna drill that into the brains of like everyone who has like either recently graduated or is about to graduate, that like you don't, do not go to the big city um, if like, if you're gonna, it's gonna cash strap you at all. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> So, right, so live you- with your parents, right? Like if you, if you have the privilege where like, you know, you have a good relationship with your parents or like, you know, your family has like enough space for you and, and stuff like that, like do it, right? And like, you'll save literally like a life-changing amount of money every single year. Um, so yeah, I think that's like, it's not student loan specific, but like um, before we moved away from the student loan conversation, I wanted to say that because like, it really is probably one of the biggest kind of tips that like, I feel like people can have. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely do. Like, I think that, that you really, <laughs> you know, you're really preaching because it's just like, you gotta do it. You have to do what you gotta do. Cause of course there's going to be all of these outside, you know, factors. And I feel like, you know, I talked about this, you know, with dealing with other topics as well. But just in general, yeah, you're always going to see like these big flashy things that people may be posting or people may be posting like, you know, their apartments in like in New York or, you know, D.C. or something like that. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, me right now, like my financial situation does not um, is not conducive to that. Right. You know, maybe one day like that's where I want to go. But right now, like I have to do what's best for me. And if that is, you know, moving back in with your family, if you have that option, then that's just something that you're going to you know yeah you you should you just got to do you know until you're able to you know 
feel confident enough to be able to make those steps to the next, you know, it's not going to be permanent um, if you make sure, but you'll save so much money, so much money by just, you know, um, biting the bullet and swallowing your pride and just focusing on yourself. Um, but I did before, you know, before we wrapped up, I definitely wanted to just give you a time to just like talk about, cause I feel like I realized that I mentioned the, you know, the Instagram page, but I never like, you know, said what the name was or anything like that. So yeah, I just want so, to, um, to just like I, talk about that um, for a little bit. I basically created this Instagram page after I looked at, uh, my, um, so my mint account, mint, you can see what your net worth is, right? Like you can like with all of your accounts, like your cash minus your debt, like that's basically like your net worth, your assets, money, assets minus your debt is basically your net worth. And so, um, I realized like in a year I had changed from, I had, I had increased my net worth from like negative $11,000 to like positive 9,000 or like 10,000, something like that. So it was over, um, Mm -hmm. I don't have the numbers literally right in front of me, but I increased it over $20,000 in a single year. It was from November of 2019 to November of 2020. And, um, that was like a moment and I made it and I did that on like, you know, like a, an official salary of $40,000 a year um, with the student loan benefit. So really like a salary of like $47,000 a year. Um, and I was like, this is something that I really want to like, not just like share with people, but like work with people to, to allow them to see that like, this is, this is something that you can do like on a salary that's like less than $50,000 a year. Right. And like, cause, cause I think a lot of financial Instagrams are like, I make like $120,000 a year and I paid off like my $80,000 worth of loans or whatever me and my partner, like, you know, have combined income also. And I didn't also say that my parents gave me a lot of money. Right. Like it was just like, it, it was just like, you know, financial, like YouTube <laughs> financial Instagram, I think like sometimes misrepresents that a little bit. And so, um, so I basically just made that Instagram and um, it's kind of sort and it's kind of just a way to just share information with people and just kind of share like um, some of the stuff that I'm going through my own journey. Um, like we just moved for my, I, me and my partner just moved in together, for example. So like, you know, talking about like the logistics of that and the financial cost of that. And um, yeah, it's just a really cool place to connect with people and people have been really responsive and it's been really cool to just have this kind of like, um, kind of blog type thing on the side and the, the handle, um, to follow it is money by Mel. So, um, you know, my nickname, uh, Mel, like Melissa, and, um, it is, uh, you can just connect with me there. Um, and just for some money stuff. And then I've been helping people on the side, um, just like one off and stuff. Cause I was studying for the LSAT, but now I can actually like really focus on that, um, for like money coaching and stuff. So if anyone is like, wants to connect with me one-on-one like I'm more than happy to so so yeah so you should follow me money by mail um on Instagram yeah that's so like I said that was so cool when you <laughs> when you like told me about the page I was like oh my god like that's great since then I've you know when you you know when you interact with certain things like you know Instagram pops up different things so like there's you know different pages different financial pages and stuff like that but like you said like people are just like you know I got rid of like hundred thousand and this, that, whatever. 
Um, but I also make this, you know what I mean? Like I'm investing, I'm doing all this other, like they just, they just add too much, you know, it's like really overwhelming. So I just really like how, you know, your page is like, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're everyday person, you know? And like, I feel, I feel like when I'm reading it, it's like, I feel like I can relate to the information that's being um, shared on that. So yeah. I'm looking forward to, you know, I think it's more so funny too, because I'm like not a con, progress, I've never been like, that's um, really and I still am not like this. I, I don't feel the need to post like literally every single thing. Right. You know what I mean? And like, so, so it's just like, you know, oh, I'm going through like mm -hmm. this right now. And it's like, okay, well, I'll make a graphic about that. Or it's like, oh, like, let me do like, um, like some Instagram stories about like some general tips or just like connecting with some folks. And, and it's like a lot less intimidating of an Instagram, I think, than like some of the ones that are just like, here's how you like buy three rental properties, right? Like, it's just like, it's not, it's not like that at all. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I, I've loved it. I've loved having it. And, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it, where it goes. And um, yeah, so that's, um, but thank you for taking an interest in it and being a follower. Yeah, no, definitely. And thank you so much for stopping by and just talking with us. I think it was definitely a really, um, I feel like, yeah, like money is just such a, a big topic, right? And like you said, like when we, when we first started, it's so important to have a good relationship with money and understanding, like one, understanding your your current relationship with money and figuring out how you can have that, um, build that good relationship with it. Because it's like, you know, if you're, if you continue in that mindset, you're not going to make those, be able to make those strides. So yeah, I just want to like, thank you so much for- Yeah, thank you so much again for having out me. And, and talking you with know, us. anyone- I think the last parting thought I'll just leave with people is, you know, no matter where you're at, like there are some tools at your disposal that you can be in a better place, you know? Um, so again, I just really appreciated um, being, having the opportunity to be on here and sharing that with people. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Confessions of a College Grad. Please subscribe, leave comments and follow us on Instagram at grads underscore confess for updates on the podcast. I hope that this conversation may have helped you or someone you may know. As always, special shout out to our music producer, Call Me the Homie, and we'll see you next time.